Trav said, I need bigger features. If I have to ask twice, I figure I don't need it. He said, boy, that's your ego. You should never try and feed it. The game's giving, taking. You at odds, we're getting even. Hold up. This shit's kind of deceiving. I done shook every hand. I done took every meeting. Gave everything I had. Shined the light when they needed. My shit got dark. I could never seem to reach them. I ain't never had a team in. Maybe that's on me. I ain't showing sure that I need them. I know it's hard to see them. I might understand the reason, but this whole right to dream is really something to believe in. Never All right, everyone. This is Seven Octobers here with another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. Uh, this is your host, Seven Octobers, as I mentioned. This is season three, episode one. Uh, today, I'm really honored and excited to bring on this special guest. Um, a little bit about him before I mention his name. Um, I actually just played an intro track uh, that he uh, he did, which is Me, Myself is the name of the track. Uh, one of the singles, many singles that he dropped last year, 2020. He's a down-to-earth Brooklyn native, uh, VP of content, uh, content Strategy at Genius. He's an MC rapper, one of my favorite hip-hop journalists, uh, tastemaker, just to name a few. He goes by Rob Markman. Uh, again, I'm really honored to have him on here. Um, so we're going to discuss a little bit about his music, uh, what he's been doing at Genius, all that stuff. So um, without further ado, I'll bring him on the screen here. What is up, Mark? Rob? How you doing? Hey, what's going on? Thank you for having me. <laughs> no, thank you again. Uh, I appreciate you. You're really busy and stuff like that. So I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down here with us and talk about um, your music and all that. How uh, How have you been? I've been good. Everything has been good. I can't complain. Been um really, really busy. Um, That's good. you know, between, you know, doing my, my job at Genius and working on this music and a couple of other projects that I'm working on. But um, you know, I'm blessed to be busy. So Yeah. <laughs> That's dope to hear. Um and for those who might not, you know, be too savvy on who you are, because, um, like I said, I have like a, a little bit of different people that follow me. It's either horror or hip hop people, so a little mix of both so just if you can introduce yourself a little bit just about uh who you are what you do so they can know you a little bit yeah for sure my name is rob markman um brooklyn new york i'm an overall creative person i, I feel like and um you know a lot of people know me and and, and professionally you know I, i'm a hip-hop journalist a music journalist and you know i've worked at places like double xl for many years um i've worked at mtv for many years and for about the past five and a half years, I've been at Genius. So, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm the VP of content strategy on over at Genius and I'm on camera doing interviews as well. So, you know, just working with the Genius team, you know, but I'm an overall creative. I've always had a passion for music, not just documenting it, but yeah. creating music as well. So, um, you know, I'm also an artist and, you know, I've released several albums over the last um well, I've released two albums and I'm about to release my third over yeah. the last several years. So, um, yeah. That's dope, dope, dope. Um, and how, because like I say, you, you wear many hats and stuff like that. Um, you're like, obviously a creative. How has it been juggling like your rap career now and being like the, you know, the VP? Because I, I think you recently got promoted, right? Because I forgot what your other title was, but you're now VP of content strategy yeah. at Genius, right? Yeah. Um, prior to that, I was head of artist relations. So, yeah. you know, um the head of the group that is responsible for booking all the interviews and you know i managed a few employees and yeah I, I got promoted at the beginning of 2020 as the vp of content strategy so you know there's just a little more that goes into it but 
um, you know, just kind of developing not only just who we're going to interview, um, the different formats and how we interview people and then analyzing how it performs and, you know, figuring out our voice, the right tone of our content yeah. and just overall helping the, the editorial team and the creative team there, you know, focus and channel all their, their great energy. Um, so yeah, you know, in terms of balancing the two, it's been pretty easy. I've been yeah. like, for me, I've been able to separate the two. Usually, you know, I'm working during the day and then at night I'm doing my music. Um, you know, okay. maybe the most challenging part has come from how others view you and, and how other people may not be able to separate, yeah. you know, the two sides of what I do. But, uh, you know, as far as me personally, the balance has been, you know, I've been able to balance it really well. That's cool, cool. Um, and then talking about that, you know, like having to people, you know, recognize you now as a as a rapper, but obviously you still work at Genius. Um, how has the hip hop culture like embraced you like as an MC? Um, obviously, like you're you're solidified and like loved and respected in like you know the the culture as far as like a journalist. But now that you're rapping, um, how has that been? Has there been any like struggle or like was it like a seamless transition? That's nah, definitely been some struggle. Um, but you know, it is good and bad, like, yeah. just like anything in life. I, I've, I've had, you know, when I've announced that I was going to be putting out music, there were a lot of people who embraced me and was, and were willing to listen with just open arms, just based off of maybe their appreciation for my character or, or the appreciation for my work that yeah. went prior to them learning about music. So that, that was cool. And, you know, I can't. I can't front on that. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 it would be different if nobody knew who I was and I dropped music. So I definitely <laughs> had some advantages yeah. and had some love from people right out the gate. But on the flip side too, there was a lot of weird energy surrounding mm -hmm. it. That there, there were people who um, were against it or felt like a journalist shouldn't rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you, you don't cross those lines. Um, and I get that. And I get that way of thinking. So you know, I, I've been met with some negative energy and some opposition as well. But, you know, in hip hop, especially, there's always going to be competition. There's always going to be adversity. And just in life, or even outside of hip hop. Yeah. You know, if you're trying something new and if you're trying to blaze a new trail, you're going to have some hurdles you got to jump over. So, you, you know, you just got to deal with it accordingly. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I, I can relate to that, too, <laughs> since I started like making music, too, and then I started off writing first, so. I can really relate to that. So that's why I find it really inspiring that you like, you know, broke outside the box and didn't care what people said. Just keep going. You know, that's really yeah. inspiring. Yeah. I mean, cause people, people going to try to put you on the box for sure. But mm -hmm. and, and, it, and most of the time it has to do with their own insecurities or exactly. their own whatever. I mean, there's a million artists to listen to. So I can understand if somebody don't want to hear me rap, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like just off of their pure taste. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some people who don't like Jay-Z. There's some people who don't like Drake. There's some people who don't like Kendrick. Like, I, you can't argue taste with anybody, but you True. can just tune it out. Like, you you could really just, you know, listen to what you want to listen to. You don't have to listen to my shit. But, you know, when people kind of outwardly hate or go out of their way. Yeah. You know, there's been there's been situations even with, with artists, artists that I've, I've helped mm -hmm. of artists, you know, when they didn't have it, anyone to believe in them or any kind of way in the industry like artists that I help yeah you know turn around and and say some slick shit or drop a sub or yeah, you know well. sub tweet or yeah or they'll say something and it gets back to you because it's a small industry yeah 
you know, it's just like, wow, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but crazy. you know, they, they say that too. If, if people ain't hating, then you ain't popping. So exactly. You're not doing something right. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously you've been dropping singles and we'll get to that in a second, but how has um, the pandemic, you know, obviously being home and all that stuff like impacted your creativity? It's an adjustment for sure. Like I, I'm, I'm super proud of what I've been able to do 2020 um, with the music. You know, I dropped a single, two singles a month on the first and 15th of every month throughout 2020. Mm-hmm. So that consistency made me feel good. When I look back at it, at, at times during the pandemic, it's hard because, you know, I live in New York and New York, especially in the beginning, was hit so hard. And we, yeah. you were one of the cities that shut down early for a lot of places in the country. Um, so sometimes it's hard to draw inspiration from these four walls, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm inside, I'm not experiencing life like the way I was, I'm used to experiencing life. So, you know, some days it became difficult to find things to write about yeah. or, or, or just find inspiration. Um, but overall, you know, it's been great. Like, and I'm, I'm really proud of what, you know, I was able to do in 2020. Yeah, man. Yeah. You dropped, like you said, you dropped the first and the 15th. So I, I thought that was a dope concept. I'm, I'm surprised nobody had ever done it. Uh, maybe they have, but this is the first time I hear about like people dropping like singles, like the first and the 15th, which is a really cool concept. Um, and you started like February 1st mm-hmm. and you dropped around what, 21 tracks now, I think, I believe I, yeah, I counted. Did. Yeah, I did 21. I, you know, I, I gave myself a break around Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, from February all the way to December and, and, yeah, I mean, you know, the first and the fifteenth, and you hear it in music, like mm-hmm. it's a product of our reality. I think when you come from certain neighborhoods or certain ways of life, um, the, the first and the fifteenth hold significance. I mean, you know, Lupe yeah. Fiasco's label was first and fifteenth. Bone Thugs, you know, I think, too, have like the first of the month, right? <laughs> the first of the month. Jay Z had a line, you know, no two days are like except the first and fifteenth, pretty much. You know, those were just the times when money. Because that's when the government checks, you know, were coming through the hood where yeah. money would circulate, you know what I mean? And, and, and people, you know, drug dealers would depend on, yeah. on those first and 15th. Um, and that was a reality. But even like hairdressers, like that's when, when a woman might go out and get her hair done when she, when she was able to get that check. Get cash, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. You know, and before they switched it to like EBT and food cards and, and you can only use it for specific things. Yeah. But, um, so that was the significance of that. And, and really what it was, I just wanted to, to build consistency. Like yeah. I wanted on the first and 15th, me dropping music as much as, as it was me building and feeding a fan base. It was me feeding myself. It was me investing back into myself. It was me saying this music thing is important. And I yeah. do a lot of stuff. If you look on my Instagram, you might see a bunch of interviews clips, but mm-hmm. on the first and the 15th, is dedicated to my music. So you're going to see me reinvesting into my music career. And if I don't do it no other time on those two days every month, I'm going to do the first and 15th and I'm going to drop music. And, you know, a lot of that, so I ain't going to lie, was inspired by Russ. Um, okay. Russ. I love Russ, yeah. <laughs> you know, when when I first met him, he, he was somebody with talent. He was dropping songs every week. Yeah. Crazy. And, um, and so, you know, I kind of just put my own spin on it. So shout out to Russ. Yeah, shout out to him, man. And uh, for like this, because you go to the studio, right? Do you have like your own setup at home or you just kind of just go to write whatever and then get in the studio? Yeah, I, I go to the studio. I don't, I, I'm not going to lie. Like my, my home is not really like a creative 
space for me. It's more of a living living space for me and my family. So sometimes it's hard yeah. to create here. Plus, okay. especially during the pandemic, going to the studio helped me just even to get out the house. Out, like, yeah. Even if I was just going on to the studio, I put on my best clothes. I spray some cologne. I, and it's just me by myself. I'm not, but it's just to make myself feel good to not be in sweats. <laughs> yeah. Basketball shorts all day. But no, nah, I, go, I go to the studio. Um, shout out to my man, Andrew, over at the brewery um, in Brooklyn. Andrew and um, Dr. Genius, who produces for Kid Cudi. Own a studio in New York and in LA called the Brewery, so I go to the one, the one in Brooklyn. Okay, that's dope. That's dope, man. And I want to talk about some of the singles. Um, I want to mention like some of my favorites and kind of um, do your signature, you know, genius interview and uh, quote some of your your lyrics. Hopefully, I don't butcher them, but (laughs) Um, let's go. (laughs) So one of my I want to thank I want to thank you real quick for always supporting, and that's that's why I did this, and it was no question for me that you you um has been someone, you know, like when I said, when I started dropping music and it was weird for people, like, oh my God, why is he rapping? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I understood why I was weird for people. You were one of the first people that I would see like consistently supporting and and, and that meant a lot to me. So when you reached out to do this, like, of yeah, course. You're welcome, man. Yeah, no, I, I'm telling you, like, I found it really inspiring because like you're, the path that you're like, you know, putting out there and opening doors is like kind of like the path I'm kind of following along. So it's really inspiring. So yeah, man. Anytime, I'm always gonna support your shit. So <laughs> that's fine. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, I look forward to this interview. Come on. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so one of my favorite ones, uh, which ironically I was doing research, is um, Niagara Falls, and you actually dropped it on my birthday, which is kind of crazy because I didn't even know that until I like looked at the date you dropped it. So that's kind of cool, wow. June fifteenth. Um, and it has a special significance because I remember you went to. Um, Niagara Falls and I was going to go I think like the following months or something and I, I remember I hit you up and I was like hey like do you recommend any tips or whatever and like uh for the key of the winds and yeah you're like yeah bring extra shoes because you don't want to get your sneakers wet or whatever so yeah, yeah. so shout out to you for that because uh you saved my sneakers from getting wet so I brought extra shoes um Fire. but it's, it's a dope place to be at um obviously you got inspired by going there and then I'll, I'll quote a little bit of your your lyrics here which is like my favorite bars off this track is uh, dreams of getting up, uh, get, getting on, nightmares falling off, sitting all alone with my heaviest thoughts. Fuck Trump, he locked them babies from getting across. I'm about to do a tour on the border wall. Hoping Clef take the steps gives Lauren a call. Ready or not, refugees, time to settle the score. Excuse these tears, I just finished mourning a loss. Shit was all good just the morning before. So that's like my favorite, you know, uh, part of the song. Really deep, wow. you, you touch a couple things there. So, um, if you want to talk a little bit about, you know, the tr- the track, what inspired it besides the obvious? Yeah. Um, you know, I called it Niagara Falls. There's one thing about me. Um, I get really inspired by water. Okay. Um, and, and it's been like a theme of mine. Like a lot of times even because I write at home. And okay. a lot of times even if I get writer's block, mm-hmm. I'll go take an hour. Like if I can't finish a verse. Oh, I get half a verse and I get stuck. Yeah, I can go take a shower and finish the rest of the verse in the shower, which is crazy. It's just something about running water. Um, you know, on my last album, It's Too Late at the Wake, I had a song called Waves, which I wrote on the beach in DR. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I was out in Niagara Falls with the fam, just like a little vacation to see a place we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. I, I remember going when I was a kid with my parents, but so we went and, um, one morning, you know, everybody, like my kids sleep hella late. 
So you know, <laughs> I'm usually the first one up every day. Yeah. And um, I just went out on my own and just walked when in the morning and nobody was really even at the falls. And I just started writing and like whatever came out just came out. Like, so the water was inspiring to me. Yeah. And, and it kind of helps with that flow. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I was just kind of in my feelings like, like that time. And it was funny because since when I wrote that song, probably a year before I dropped it okay. and, and I just held on to it. And there was so many, and Trump has done so many atrocities since yeah. then. But at the time, I think, you know, what was really on the news was obviously the border wall that he yeah. was building. And not only that, but the way they were separating um, children and their parents in these detention centers. Yeah. Um, and again, it's just one of the many horrific crimes, I think, just against humanity that yeah. Trump has committed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, it just like human decency. And so I don't know, it, it, it just came out. Like, I don't, I, you know, I was just there, right? And I, I wasn't even thinking about it too much. I was just by the water, it just came out. I was like, man, fuck Trump. He locked them babies for getting across. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. come to America for refuge. Like, and then, you know, kids in a jail cell. Like it's the most heartbreaking, heart-wrenching thing. And yeah, then- it is, yeah. From there, it's just free, free associative thought. Like, you know, okay, I'm about to do a tour at the border wall. You know, um, hope. You, you know what I'm saying? Then I get into the Fujis, the the refugees. You yeah, know so the refugees, the score. Refugees. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to set the score. Yeah. You know, hope, hope Clev give Lauren a call. Like, so it was just connecting that, like making a political and a social statement, but still doing it in a hip hop way, and and, and that's fly. Yeah. means something to us like you know I don't know what Wyclef and Lauren are going through but you know imagine a Fuji's tour for a cause you know what I'm saying for, for yeah, refugees all, all across the world or something like that as a benefit like surely they could bury the hatchet yeah that. I think that would be so powerful but um yeah so those was just my thoughts at the time yeah man yeah that was it was dope like I said it had a meaningful and then it also had like you know a double entendre so for those like hip-hop fans so I thought that was a dope line um and then obviously your singles like I said it shows a lot of your versatility which I love like you have storytelling you have like love songs you got ones where it's just straight bars and then like socially conscious uh one so like uh another one I want to mention that I, I really love like even the beat I don't know if it's like a sample or something head high uh, you know, about yeah. not being humble, which is again, shout out to Russ. Uh, I, I read yeah. his book and he talks about, you know, the, the meaning of humble, what it actually means. Um, and, you know, just taking the crown type of shit. So I really love that track. Uh, what inspired that one? Is that kind of like a little bit of like Russ or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to Russ. And that's my man to see his success is, is, is um, just so fulfilling. Like to see somebody really like, I, I remember when Russ used to be at, you know, I don't know if you know who Kid Super is, the, the clothing designer. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so I remember going to Kid Superstore and Russ was sleeping in the basement on the couch. Oh, wow. In Brooklyn, you know what I'm saying? And, and listening to music. And then to see him do an interview with B-Dot at his house in this, this big mansion. And not, yeah, that, was not a that really money dope is interview. everything. Yeah. But you, re you really see how far he took it but yeah so he wrote yeah. the book and actually you know shouted me out in the book too but yeah. you know I'm, I'm reading the book and um 
he just got me thinking. Like he had a whole, and Russ is not somebody who I would describe as a humble person. And he's always been like that. He's always been really confident in his shit. Mm-hmm. And me, I, I'm I'm the type of person like somebody would give me a compliment, right? Yeah. Even on my music or an interview or on Twitter, I'd be like, "Damn, I'm humble." You know what I'm saying? And so I would use that word a lot in de- defining myself. And when I read the book. And he was like, yo, just look up the, the definition of humble. Like, it doesn't mean what we think it means. Yeah. You know, you could say, yo, I'm grateful for the love. I have gratitude. But humble literally means to lower oneself. Yeah. And, you know, there's a power in words. So um, I've been working. And for the most part, I pretty much have to take that word out of my vocabulary. So, um, yeah, I have finished reading the book. I think I read it like in a day. And that's the part that stuck with me. And then I had a beat that I was writing to, and the beat just matched the feeling. Yeah. Like, you know, and it was, you know, it was funny because the producer, after I read the book, I think I posted on social media a picture of the book, and the Hmm. producer reached out to me at the very moment I was writing to his beat. And he was Uh like, yo, how's that Rust book? And I'm like, yo, (laughs) you should check it out. It is pretty dope. As a matter of fact, if you read it, this song I'm about to do to your beat, like it's going. <laughs> he hit me like as I was writing. It's like little things like that where the universe kind yeah. of confirms that you're going in the right direction. Yeah, so, it's um, pretty dope. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's what that was all about. Just you know, keeping your head high, you know, and then not having to humble yourself or lower yourself to make anybody feel better about themselves. Exactly. Yeah. That's why like I'm the same way ever since I read that I'm like I try not to use that word as much because like you said, yeah. it's, it's like saying words are power. So um, and then you also have another track, which is like more like socially conscious, uh, like BLM track, I, I call it mm-hmm. is things on my mind freestyle. Um, how yeah. did that come about? Just as you can imagine, sitting at home um, in 2020 and, and, and watching and seeing, you know, it started with the death of Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, and we learned the circumstances for surrounding his death. And though he yeah. wasn't killed by police per se, he was killed at, by white men acting in an authoritative manner, trying to make a citizen's arrest, trying to act as mm. police. Um, and we see George Floyd, we see Breonna Taylor, and, and we see the reaction of people out in the street. And you know, it, it just, you know, I always want my music to say something. So it, it was yeah. just important for me to, to say that message and stand for what I, I believe in, just in case you were um, confused. I don't talk a lot about politics as much, mm-hmm. like on social media. Like, I definitely make my statements when I feel so moved because I don't want to argue with anybody. I'm not here to argue with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not here to fucking debate clown shit. Like, there's just certain groups of people that we probably not going to see that eye to eye on shit. True. Yeah. And I'm not going to waste my breath trying to convince you. But, you know, the music for me just felt like the right way to say it. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if people um associate me with, you know, like, because I'm mixed, you know what I'm saying? But my mom is black. Mm-hmm. My mom is Puerto Rican, but she's black. You look at her, she's a black woman. And, and yeah. I think also for a lot of people don't recognize the blackness within 
Latinos and a lot of Latinos don't recognize it within themselves, especially over here, you know, us Latinos that are from the Caribbean. Yeah. That are from Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic. Like there's um it definitely falls within the African diaspora. That is a there's a rich history there yeah. that, you know, I I implore people to, to um get educated. Explore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and that's what that last line was about too. Like a black woman made me and a black woman made her. Where would I be if, if they gave up? You know, yeah. so you might not see it like looking at my 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 complexion. Yeah. But that's my identity. Like, you know, yeah. I can't. It is what it is. Um. So you know, I was I was just moved to make make that song. Cool, cool. Yeah, really. Like like I said, inspirational track there. Um, powerful. And it, and it was a freestyle too, in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. Because I didn't I didn't think about it. It wasn't just like a plan. Yeah. Or, you know what I'm saying. Um, you know, I, I even said, cause Devious who produced it, you know, the beat wasn't even finished. Devious likes to go in and makes his chops. It was really just a simple loop. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, so I was, I, you know, I was like pardoning us too, if it's underproduced, <laughs> like <laughs> if it wasn't even fully produced the way yeah. that we would have made a song and I didn't want to misrepresent Devious, but it was at a time where. I was just inspired to say something. So yeah. I, I just took that beat and, and went off on it. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it came out dope. I, I didn't even notice that until, like you said it right now. But yeah, yeah. and it got the vibe, obviously, like a freestyle. Because I think, is this the one that you say there's no hook? Or was that the uh, Parkside freestyle? I can't remember. Parkside freestyle, too, okay. is no hook. And, yeah, right. And, and the things on my mind is no hook. But yeah, you know, I, you know, I asked Devious to make me a loop. Pardon us, too, if it's underproduced. Like, <laughs> Devious, sometimes Devious, like, if I ask him just to loop something up, he's like, nah, what are you, crazy? We got to really make this thing a thing. But I was like, nah, but I need this now. Like, I got something to say. I need to get this off my chest. Can you loop this beat? And he absolutely did it. That's my partner. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to him. Um, And then another, like, really, like, it's beautiful, like, deep track. It's uh, The Strongest Woman I Know, which is dedicated to your mom. Um, who at the time, I think what you said was battling like lung cancer, I believe, right? Um, yeah. So it's very like heartfelt. Uh, you're really transparent on this track. Like what made you want to like share that story? Um, my mom made me want to share it because I had did it again. When I put that song out, it was maybe a year old already. Like okay. I, rec- I recorded that song the day, because if you listen to that song, it's not... I mean, it's heartfelt, but it's not sad. Like throughout the whole song, I'm telling my mother, "I know you're gonna beat cancer. You, you know, you're the strongest." Yeah, she's strong. Yeah. I recorded that song the day that um, we found out that she okay. was diagnosed. Like the night, like I went to the doctor with her, mm-hmm. and, and she was diagnosed with it. And so those were my immediate thoughts. My immediate mm-hmm. thoughts were like, "Oh my God, my mother's gonna." You know, this is gonna beat my mother. My thoughts was, oh, my mother's gonna beat this. Yeah. Um, and and luckily, part of it was, look, the doctors caught it early. And yeah. They were able to treat it, but you know, it's it's still a feeling. And you know, um, so I just went in and recorded the song with no intention of putting it out. Okay. It was really just therapy, and um, I did have the the presence of mind. I went with every single, I went to every single one of my mother's doctor's appointments. You know, if I had to take time off for work, I made sure I was there. 
Yeah. The the last doctor's appointment where they kind of just checked her out to see if her, her surgery was successful and I, that one I couldn't make. I, I had to fly out to Chicago um, to interview Juice World. Um, okay. Rest in peace. And I rest actually in did, peace. Yeah. I did Juice's. That was Juice's final interview, which you know he didn't know at the time, but I'm, I'm glad I went and I was honored to be able to do that. So right immediately after the Juice World interview, mm-hmm. and it's the same interview if you listen to Juice's album Legends Never Die. Like the intro, right? In the intro. Yeah. So that's the same interview. So as soon as the interview was over, I called my mom to find out what the doctor said. Mm-hmm. And and I just like taped the phone call. You know what I'm saying? I was like, let me just tape it and see. And I did. And it confirmed what I knew was that she was cancer free and she was fine. And then yep. I just tacked that on at the end of the song. Okay. And I kept the song for like a year and I still had no intentions of putting it out. And then... um. The weekend that Chadwick um, Boseman died from from Mm -hmm. cancer, that was like a Friday or Saturday that we found out. I was visiting my mother on that Sunday. Yeah. And um, we were talking, we were just talking about it and, you know, talking about how sad it was and, you know, how grateful we were that that she was able to beat it. Mm And I was like, yo, you know. I got this song that I made. Let me play you this song. And I played her the song and um, and we cried. You know what I'm saying? Together. Oh, well, so you waited like a, a year to like show her the song then? Almost, yeah. Because yeah. it, was, it was just for me. It wasn't for nobody else. Nobody yeah. knew I recorded the song except my engineer. Okay. And and DJ Money. Shout out to DJ Money who produced it. Um, If you know DJ Money, very um, just talented brother. Um, He's down with Wale. He... he he DJs for Wale on tour. Okay. Um, he he um, helps creatively Wale with his albums and putting together the albums and stuff like that. And he's a he's a dope producer himself. Um, okay. Him and Wale just did a song that they released, The Lions, um, Bengals and Bears. So DJ Money, shout out to DJ Money. So the only ones who heard it was DJ Money, Andrew, who's my engineer, and myself. And I, I intended to just keep it for myself. And then when, you know, it was just the conversation that me and my mother had and after the death of Chadwick and all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, it just led to natural conversation. And I said, well, let me play you this thing. And I played it for her and she cried. And, you know, she didn't know that that I felt that way. I think some of the things I said in the song, like, you know, me and my mother definitely had like our ups and downs, I guess, mm-hmm. in my relationship. And um, there, there was like some old wounds there. And I said some things that she knew what I was talking about. The world might know, but that I, there's certain lines in there that yeah. are only for her to understand. Yeah. And she, and she picked up on it right away. And um, <laughs> and we cried and um, she told me that I should release it because she was like, yo, I think it will help other people who are going through it. Yeah. Um, and then I was overwhelmed when I dropped it. A lot of people hit me with notes and DMs. You know, I found out about all these um, strangers and then also people that I knew who, who had family members who were suffering from cancer or who lost the battle from cancer or stuff like that. So yeah, I was glad that I released it. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a, like I said, it's a really dope track. Um, powerful as well. So um, you also have one, again, kind of like social conscious one. I still hear the screams, which is about like the crack era, right? Like in New York. Um, 
And I think you also talk about like somebody getting raped too. So it's like a real like, you know, real track of what was going on in the eighties. Um, what what uh what made you want to drop something like that? I don't know, but it was just the beat. I think when Devious sent me the beat, it just reminded me of something from that ever. It just reminded me of a. It's just the feeling that came out. Yeah. Um, you know what it was though too. Now that I think about it, because I'm thinking back on it now, it was also because of the pandemic. Okay. And a lot of people were moving out of New York. Wow. Yeah. It's funny because I'm thinking about it and I'm recalling being in the moment. Um, The pandemic forced a lot of people to leave New York. And, you know, first of all, a lot of people come to New York for jobs, for opportunities. So, a lot mm-hmm. of people who are New Yorkers aren't really like native New Yorkers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, you come from all over the world. And so the pandemic closed a lot of businesses down. A lot of people unfortunately couldn't afford to live here. Yeah. Um, a lot of people moved back to wherever they came from. But there were a couple of articles written and articles that I read. One in particular where this guy has said, like, New York City is dead. Like, like there's no reason to live here anymore. Like everybody's packing up and going home because your favorite bar is closed or your favorite restaurant is closed or the clubs are closed. There's no culture here anymore. Things like that. Yeah. Not, and I was offended by that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm like, yo, first of all, our shit is more than business or your favorite bar, your favorite club. Who gives a fuck if you can't? Yeah explore the nightlife like i'm a native new yorker like my whole family's from new york like as a matter of fact when y'all moved in and came here and it was all sweet and you know cool i could still hear the screams like it's still certain blocks where they might have cleaned up or gentrified or tore down crack houses and built up condos and those blocks look different but i could go to those blocks and i could still hear the screams like i could still oh shit i knew somebody who lived here well, I knew this person who lived here. Every block in New York got a story. So mm-hmm. and New York cleaned up a lot since when I grew up. But for me and for a lot of us, the stains were still there. So yeah. that that's what kind of inspired that. And then when I got the beat, it just it just came out. And and the verse, you know, the second verse where I start, um, you know, they raped a girl right in front of my crib. Down nine one one cops didn't do shit. I was ten years old when I witnessed that shit. When I first realized our hoods is different and shit, this is just a true story. I was I was yeah. like ten years old. I remember my cousin was sleeping over, so we stayed up late. You know, so it's about mm-hmm. two or three o'clock in the morning. Everybody else is sleeping. Um, my parents are sleeping, and we start hearing screams out the window. And I look out the window, and and that was a normal occurrence. There was a lot of violence outside my window. Yeah. But I had seen a girl getting dragged through the street oh, wow. naked, like totally naked. And and they're raping her like sexually. Yeah. And 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 my first instinct even to before waking my parents up was to call the cops. And the cops never came. And maybe they thought it was kids playing on the phone. I don't know. Yeah. That's crazy. And then remember waking my parents up. My parents called the cops and the cops still never came. And and wow. being 10 years old and thinking that police are supposed to protect, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And maybe that was then when I came to that realization, like, oh, they're not coming. 
Yeah. And there's and, and you know by the time I woke woke my parents up, they had dragged the girl like around the corner, so you could still hear some screams, but you couldn't see it outside the window anymore. Oh. And you know so. Yeah, you know, that's when I realized at 10 years old, it was like, oh, they oh, they treat us different over here. Yeah. Like, we're not as protected as if this went on in another, another neighborhood. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. So that's what that song was about. And it was just kind of like painting that picture. You know, I, um, drugs fucked a lot of my family and my friends up. You know what I'm saying? Either through addicts or, you know, people who sold drugs. And, yeah. You know, it had a profound effect. All right. Um, Maybe profound is not the right word, but it had yeah. an effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that impacted a lot of people. Like you said, the people that are native from New York in that era. So I thought the it's like a powerful like track. It's not like obviously something like really lighthearted because obviously you talk about like rape and all that stuff, but it's something right. like it's real. So um, and it has a message. And then you also have a which is the intro track that I actually played, uh, me myself. Uh, which you talk about, you know, um, kind of your uh, ego and like uh, not forcing features and stuff like that. You you've been pretty vocal about that. That even though you like you said you know people like you obviously interview well known artists and stuff like that. You want it to be like organic. Um, like for for example, like Styles P, which is one of my favorite MCs. You had him on um, your you know your uh, second project, I believe, right? Um, yeah. And uh, what? How do you feel about features now? Like has that changed? Like do you? You still kind of want to do, you know, like the J. Cole vibe where you're like solo and see where it goes or, or what's your, your, has anything changed? Um, nah, nothing's changed. Not, not since that joint. Um, you know, and that came from a real conversation again, because, you know, I have friends who know what I do in the game and, and, you know, know how the game works. And like, yo, you need bigger features. My man, shout out to my man, Travis Cochran. Yeah. Um, Trav, um manages my man Cantrell and a couple of other artists is Alex, stuff like that. But okay. um I was talking with Trav, we was in his hotel room. You know what it was? We were watching he always tells me, he's like, bro, bro, you need features. Like just lean on people. Like you know people, just get these features, bro. Like it's gonna take your music to another level. And me just personally it's hard for me to ask anybody for anything. Just like Yeah. In, in, in regular life, like if I'm moving, it's hard for me to ask friends to help me move out. Maybe I'll just have yeah. to move. I, I'm just like like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, I, I don't, I want everything to be earned. Everything that I'm building, I want it to be earned. Yeah. And not given. And, and so, and then it's hard for me. And it's not that I haven't asked for features. I've asked for features and, and try to put things together and then when things don't work out I just do it myself there's a bunch of songs that you hear yeah on all of my projects that originally the idea was to have this one featured but they didn't send their verse in time you know I'm all, I'm also not gonna wait three or four months for a verse or five months yeah I also know people have other priorities mm-hmm. but I gotta get my music out so yeah you know I, I can't wait and or I can't chase you for a verse so Trav is always like yo you need bigger features I remember when um when DJ Khaled, the pop star video with Drake. I don't know if you ever seen that video. Um, Justin Bieber's in the video, but if you go like in the beginning of the video, there's there's a mm-hmm. there's a skit with Drake, and he's like, "Yo, Khaled keeps calling me. He wants me to do this video. All he <laughs> wants is he just wants stuff from me. He wants stuff from me. Like, whoa, what the fuck?" And obviously, they're joking. Khaled and Drake have 
a, a great relationship. I'm sh- I'm sure. Yeah. But I never want nobody to think about that like about me. Yeah. <laughs> damn, bro, I'll just keep fucking bugging me. God damn. Yeah. Better, like, oh, I guess I'll do this shit. Like for me, it's like if you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, do it. And so that's where that song kind of came out of. But it started with that line, like Trash said, "I need bigger features." You know. Um, yeah. So we we argue about that all the time. <laughs> Um, and then you have another track, which I was like, I looked it up on uh, Genius. Um, the you had like a little, um, you know, uh, blurb of like what it, where you got the beat and everything. So it was called. It's the track is called Move, and I didn't know this, but I guess Pusha T originally um, was given the the beat. He passed on it, and then you took it. And uh, again, I'll, I'll I'll share some bars here that at least stood out to me that I like. Um, so the bars go: the streams is low. The sales is minuscule. It's cool. I'm better than rappers I interview. And I don't give a fuck if I offended you in general. And it's whatever if you think it's meant for you. This time out of my energy, different confidence up, energy shifted. All that humble shit dead got to send me. God sent for me different. And all the disrespect got penalties with it. I'm the guy that know all the lyrics. I know all the ghosts. I know all the spirits who wrote that. I know all they business. So uh, that's fucking dope. Of course, like, you know, you're shouting yourself out. But I just <laughs> fucking like love that, that those bars right there. Um, yeah that yeah thank you yeah <laughs> um that is there a question you just want me to go into it no yeah or, go go into it yeah yeah that that was personal like that yeah. was definitely <laughs> um again like I, I it's just weird because like i guess now that i'm in it and i'm in the game like sometimes there's a certain language that rappers speak or there's a certain yeah like, subliminals like a certain way to code language mm-hmm. that a lot of times even fans don't catch or the casual fans if you're not paying attention and i caught i caught some subs yeah. like I, I definitely caught like little thing and i'm like oh shit and and then then i was able to confirm that was about me like from some of the biggest artists in the world that's crazy <laughs> and i was like yo now that doesn't mean that we're battling. Like, I'm not, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's not beef. It's not if I see you. It's, it's competition and it's friendly. And, and yeah. but I'm not going to stand here and be dissed or ridiculed or put, or, again, on a lower pedestal. So yeah. those specific lines were for whoever that person was to hear it and to catch. And like, yo, I ain't. Uh, you know, I ain't no choir boy. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? What, what they said in the Godfather, I ain't, I ain't no band leader. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm just not a pushover. I'm not just, yeah, I'll compete as well. Yeah. So, you know, all that was about something. But all in fun too, like not beef. And then um, the, the, the push a T part of it, that's my man. The actual, the way the beat came out is my man St. Pat did the beat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he he had posted it on his IG story first and was like, yo, who do you hear on this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, I kind of hear push on it. And then mm-hmm. he's like, yo, that's crazy you say that. And then he showed me a bunch of his comments and what other people were responding. And a lot of people was like, yo, I hear push on this. I hear push on it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, look, I'm cool with push, man. Like, yeah. And, and Pat is my man. So I was like, yeah, I send it to him. Send me the beat and I send it to him. And if you fuck with it, then that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Like, 
the worst you could say is no. Mm-hmm. And um, Pusha heard it, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and just um, was like, it just wasn't what he was looking for. It just, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't grab him at the moment. He was like, yo, this beat is cool, but like, I'm on this vibe right now. I'm looking for shit like this. Yeah. So, so, you know, that was cool. We took a shot and then, you know, I told my man and my man was, he was like, man, I'm just, I'm just hyped that Pusha even heard it. Yeah. <laughs> had something to say. Okay. So yeah. it gave my man hope. Like, okay, let's keep going. And then after a while I was like, yo, well, if Pusha not using it, can I use it? <laughs> yeah. Like absolutely. So that's how that's how we did it. That's dope. Yeah. Shout out to Pusha T man. He's like one of my favorite lyricists. But um He's amazing. He's incredible. Yeah. Uh and then one of your like latest tracks, um, singles that you've been like were promoting the last couple of weeks was uh the Dakota, uh, which again I, I did a little bit of research. I thought it was interesting that you said that um obviously it's based on John Lennon's murder, um, uh, for those who are familiar with it. Um uh, and that the murder actually happened on your grandma's birthday. Um, she used to tell you the story. Um, and how, and then I think you said when she got like uh, Alzheimer's or dementia, she like kept repeating that story over and over. So that, that was really like interesting. Um, well, what, uh, so obviously that inspired the, the track, but what made you want to just like drop something about, you know, John Lennon and all that stuff besides that? Um, I was watching, um, I was watching a documentary on John okay. Lennon and you know, you forget about them. My grandmother passed away many, many years ago. So, you know, there's things that are, are deep within you that you kind of forget. But I'm watching a a, a, a documentary on John Lennon. Mm-hmm. And um, when it gets to the part about his death and everything came running back, I'm like, yo, my grandmother used to tell me this story all the time. Yeah. And... Um, Again, and I'm watching it. I'm not. I'm not even thinking about writing a song about it. I'm just these feelings start conjuring up. Yeah. And then Devious sends me a beat like two or three days later, and mm-hmm. when I heard the beat, that's just what it sounded like. It sounded like a night at the Dakota. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it sounded like murder. It sounded like New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it just sounded like a story, and and I didn't intend for it necessarily like those were just the opening lines you know what i'm saying yeah you know um, the devil gotta fill his quota shots rang from the heavens that one night at the dakota those were just the opening lines i didn't know because when i'm writing i, I just kind of let you know the pen and the thoughts guide me mm-hmm. i didn't know that i would stay there yeah. you know what i'm saying like i i I originally, I just wrote those lines and I figured maybe I, I just go somewhere else. That would be the jumping off point and I can go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But as I kept building the verse, I just stayed there because there were so many references, so many, it, it was just very easy to build the story, yeah. which which I had heard so many times. Um, and that's how it happened. And then, and then I always thought, and then the hook, just like I see the world like lending through his lenses. Um, I've worn glasses all, all my life yeah. since I was like four or five years old. And I was always ashamed of them. Even if you look at my old interviews, I would take my glasses off a lot of times. And it mm-hmm. was funny. I think the first interview where I kept my glasses on was the one I did with Kendrick. Okay. Um, in 2015 for Pimple Butterfly. And it was actually, <laughs> we were there and I took them off. And I was like, oh, should I keep them on? Should I take them off? Should I keep them on? And <laughs> was like, nah, man, keep them on, man. That's you. Like, <laughs> I was like, dog, you're right. 
that was the first one that I kept my glasses on for. Okay. And then once I started like getting money, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I started just get, buying myself better frames and yeah. <laughs> things that I felt more confident in. Yeah. And just cooler looking frames. Yeah. And so as much as it's about John Lennon, even that, like, that's me acknowledging that I wear glasses, which for so long, I wouldn't even acknowledge that I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. And then obviously you you dropped like 21 tracks so far. So uh, what's like, is there one that stands out to you? That's like your favorite one out of all of them? Um, Not really, because I go through phases. Like, and, and, and I always, I always start listening back and, I'll nitpick at things and yeah. <laughs> but um I would say the Dakota is one of my favorites. I just think okay. from a storytelling yeah. aspect. Like I, I like I, I listen to it and I'm like I could hear it and I can acknowledge to myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a dope storyteller. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and and I come from I really admire Biggie for for his storytelling ability. Yeah. I admire Kendrick for what he did on Duckworth and and Kendrick's storytelling ability and, and Scarface and, and Cube and Andre 3000 like and Ghostface mm-hmm. so those are the guys that I'm studying at, you know when I'm doing these storytelling raps so I feel really confident in Dakota um the argument is also one of my favorite tracks okay. um because one because of the sample Sample is one of my favorite songs ever. I'm not gonna say what song it is. If you hear it, okay. you know. But yeah, Sample is one of my favorite songs ever. And um, but that's just that track is so cinematic to me. Like it, like it feels like to me when I listen to it that you're in the middle of an argument. Yeah, that you're in the room, <laughs> and that, and maybe sometimes that uncomfortable feeling. You ever been the third wheel, and you, and your friends are a couple and they're arguing. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the room and you just feel like mad, uncomfortable. Like, God, yeah, man, like awkward. <laughs> weird, it's awkward. Like I feel like I created that feeling on a record. Yeah. Um, so those are two of my favorites, right off that. Easy Money Sniper is up there too. Okay, dope. Um, and then uh, you mentioned obviously you're working on your your third album. Um, if you don't, you'll regret it. Uh, by the time this drops, uh, the album should have dropped February 1st, which is kind of cool because it comes full circle with uh, when you start dropping your singles. So I think that's dope as well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like uh, what inspired that upcoming project, why you named it the way you did, and just a, l- a little bit, like a little snippet of it? Yeah, you know, I just want to inspire people. Like when I, when I look at it and look at why I'm doing this music for what I'm doing this music for, Mm-hmm. I, I, there's certain things I can't predict. I can't tell. Like I like, I can't sit here honestly, and as much confidence as I have, I can't sit here confidently and tell you that I'll ever win a Grammy. I'd like to. Yeah. I'm working towards it. I can't sit here and tell you it's gonna happen. I can't tell you that I'll have a platinum record. Like I, I don't know. I'd like to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, but I, I can't sit here and I don't know. Mm-hmm. What I do know and what I'm confident in is the music that I'm creating and the catalog I'm building is going to inspire people. I know that after me, there are going to be a generation of artists who come, who might win that Grammy that I don't win, but get on that stage and say, man, I'm here because Rob 
and his music inspired me to do something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm cool with that. Like, to me, that's amazing. Like, that's, that's, that, that's an award within itself. Exactly. It might yeah. not be tangible. I might not be able to put that on the shelf. You know, one of the things I love and I appreciate about Eminem that I think is amazing as much criticism as M gets even now, mm-hmm. right? Every time M goes up to accept an award, he gives it up for all the guys that come before him and starts thanking MCs and artists that nobody ever thanks. A cool G yeah. rap, a Tretch, a Red Man, a, you know what I'm saying? A Queen mm-hmm. Latifah, like, like he's just such a student of the game. And, and I love that about him. And, and you know, I, I think I, I aspire and I, I believe that I'm going to be that for somebody. So yeah. when I came up with the idea for if you don't, you'll regret it. Is really me just speaking to the audience, speaking to the to the person that needs that message, that wants to hear it, that's yeah. sitting there battling with themselves, like, damn, should I? Shouldn't I? They're gonna laugh at me. Nobody's gonna get it. My mother doesn't support me. My girl thinks this is stupid or whatever. And all of that shit is real because I've went through all of that, self doubt, other people doubting yeah. you. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is if you don't, you'll regret it. If you don't give it a shot, yeah, you're going to regret it. So, you know, at least give it a shot because you never know what's going to happen. True, true. So, so, yeah, that's the inspiration behind that album. And then I'm coming right back. February 1st, the album dropping. Um, I'm working to have a video out on February 15th. Okay. March 1st, new single. March 15th, new single. April 1st, new single. April 15th, new single. And we're just going to go and we're going to repeat the, the we're going to stay consistent. Cool, so, dope, man. And uh, do you have any, like, um, anything in the works as far as, you know, because of the whole pandemic still, uh, venues are closed and stuff like that. But, like, maybe, you know, how that, a lot of people have been doing, like, the, you know, versus battles and virtual shows. Is that something that you have in mind for, like, promo for your for your album? Yeah, I'm 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 working on doing um a live performance. Just um check my socials. I I haven't signed on yet, but everything is looking good. But um during South by Southwest, there'll there'll be um some performance. I'll be a part of South by Southwest. That's dope. Okay. Yeah. I look forward to looking for that. Um yeah. and then um uh, talking about, you know, like the way we shifted because of the pandemic and everybody had to pivot. Um you know, like Bad Bunny did the epic, you know, concert in New York uh, on a fucking truck. That shit was fucking dope. Um, uh, how do you think, like, who do you think would be able to pull something off like that in the hip hop, you know, arena? Because he, you know, he's a Latino. He's like more reggaeton. Um, yeah. Who do you think would we, be able to pull something off like that? <laughs> but we but we love Bad Bunny, man. Yeah. Especially like in New York. Like, he got the streets, man. Like, that was so yeah. perfect for him to do. That was so creative. Um. I don't know if he's. I mean, I think Drake will pull it off. I think, I think, I think Drake. It'll be interesting to see what um, what um, Drake is gonna do with this new album. But he's definitely, I think, the creative type to do something that nobody's done. You yeah. Know? Um. You know, I think um, I think Travis, you know, is 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 a hell of a performer. I went to the Astro World tour, and, and that was crazy just okay. the, the pageantry of it so i think i think he could pull something off and obviously it also takes a lot of money <laughs> to, yeah, to it get is. the permits to pull something like that off I, you know i think those guys are creative enough to do it it'll be interesting 
Um, I'm interested to see what the weekend is going to do at the Super Bowl. I mean, he's not oh, yeah. really hip hop R and B, but hip hop related. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm Cole. I think Cole too. Like, yeah, he's a dope Cole, performer. And I'm just thinking more about it. Like, the more I think about it, like I think Cole could really bring something to the people in a safe way. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Kendrick, and who knows what those guys have up their sleeve? They're so creative. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and then to shift a little bit um outside the music, because like I said, you you don't box yourself in. You kind of go on different arenas and stuff like that. And um, I interviewed you on my blog. It was like a written interview. I appreciate that mm-hmm. as well. Um, and you had talked uh, on that interview about wanting to do you know comics because you're like a huge comic fan. And then you actually accomplished that goal. Um, last year you wrote for Marvel Voices. Um, yeah. which is fucking dope. Congrats on that. Um, thank you. What other like arenas? Do you want to like you know tap into next time? I mean, I'm cool. I think I got my hands full with between yeah. <laughs> and the music um, and comics. I'm still continuing to do comics. The Marvel opportunity was so dope, and it's opened yeah. other doors for me. So I'm actually working on a graphic novel now for an independent company that oh, I nice. can't say too much about. Yeah. But, um, you know the the paperwork is signed, so I'm working on yeah. it. So I, I'll be dropping a whole graphic novel and and That's actually dope. got a call to do a, a second graphic novel for another company so uh, you know i'm still going to be doing comic work um, in dope. 2021 which is dope and it's a blessing because i always grew up a comic book fan yeah um you know eventually i i, I believe i mean i have a couple of movie ideas mm-hmm. like movie script ideas so i would love to get that out eventually you know i i, I don't know if 2021 is going to be the year but Eventually, I could see myself writing a movie script. Nice, yeah. And for the um for the graphic novels, obviously you can't talk a lot about it. But um, is it going to be original content like for yours, or is it something that's already like in existence, like some graphic novel that already exists? Um, one what I can say is is I'm I'm teaming up with somebody that the hip hop world knows. Okay. And okay. and and making an idea come to life. Cool. From 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 that person, um. But there's gonna there's definitely originality. In it. You know, I'm not doing a Spider Man or a Batman or X Men. Like, it's gonna be something that you you haven't seen in comic book form yet. Okay. Actually, on on both on both sides on both graphic novels, like, um, it's original. Nice. But okay. It's in collaboration with other creators. Okay. Dope. Well, did you ever watch? Uh, talking about that, did you ever watch uh, Watchmen, the one with Regina? No, I got. I got to. I should binge that. I just, yeah, I you gotta got watch it. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely want to see it though. I, I hear nothing but good things. Um, yeah, I had to just never got into it. I just watched WandaVision. Okay, I have to watch that one. Yeah. yeah, but Watchmen definitely watch that. Um, it kind of touches on the stuff that you know with like racism and stuff like that too. So it's pretty cool. Um, really I good heard, show. Yeah, no, I got to peep that. Yeah. Um, and then you were just talking about, obviously, like, if you don't, you'll regret it. Uh, your message has always been like, you know, follow your dreams. You have like right to dream as like your, um, the name of your, you know, your, what would you call it? Like uh, a right saying that you say? But yeah. It, like a label? It's also a label. Yeah. It's a, label. a label. Okay. The first project was called Right to Dream, but um, yeah. all my music is put out on Right to Dream Entertainment. Uh, what inspired you like to like start thinking that way? Because obviously you, you're not nobody's born like you know thinking like oh follow your dreams. Because you said like you know we're all born born with like having self doubt and stuff like that. How did you overcome that? And what inspired you to like 
start See, thinking that way, you know, positive. I think it's different. I, I think we are born to follow our dreams. I, I think as kids, if you just think about a, yourself as a kid, yeah, there was like no limit to your creativity. That's and true. I think society kind of puts the self-doubt on you. So then when, when you start, you know, like you, you look at a six-year-old and, and will come out the house with, you know, a six-year-old girl might leave her house because she wants and she wants to wear a tutu, yeah, um, a Yankees hat, and dinosaur rain boots. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? And, and <laughs> that's cool. Nobody's gonna look at a six-year-old. And then by the time we get to twelve, thirteen, and it's more peer pressure, like yeah. you let kind of society or your friends group or your peer group kind of judge. Yeah. The limits. So I think we end up putting limits on our creativity. So a lot of what I'm doing with Right to Dream is because what I'm doing right now at my age is is I'm doing all the stuff that I was doing when I was 12 and 13. True, true. And I'm just, you know, like I'm <laughs> making it a reality. Um, so I, I just want to remind people to do that. Yeah. And, and push people in. And and a lot of it came from me having to convince myself first because there was self-doubt that I had to get over, you know. Um so many people told me I couldn't rap and told me not to rap and told me it wasn't going to work and told me it wasn't good or told me because I'm a journalist, I can't do it. And I let those people, like I believed it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that was my bad and, and I had to snap out of it. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody yeah. knows it. And, and, and some people, some people did it, absolutely did it maliciously and hatefully. And some mm-hmm. people just did it because they care for you. And they don't want to see you get hurt. But a lot of that is people putting their own fears and their own doubts on you. You know, I had, um, I'll tell the story. It's a good story. Yeah. Um, but Mac Miller, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Passed. Um, you know, he's a friend of mine. Like we were friends for real. And um, he had, he had told me that he didn't think it was a good idea that I put out right to drink. Um, mm-hmm. he was just like, yo, they, I don't know, man, that like, if you start putting out music, it, it just might ruin what you built as a journalist and what you built was so great. And, you mm-hmm. know, people could be real critical and cruel and, yeah. and I understood what he was saying. It wasn't, he wasn't hating. He just didn't want me to get hurt you yeah. know what I'm or see my dreams crushed, but I went and did it anyway. Yeah. And, w- and when I did it, he hit me and he was like, man, I'm proud. And this my, he's younger than me. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, it don't matter where the inspiration came from. I'm not afraid to say my little bro inspired me. You know, he reached tremendous heights. So yeah. here he is. The album come out and he's like, Yo, I'm proud of you. He said, you did it your way. I'm, he's like, man, I'm so glad you didn't listen to me. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I say I say all that to say a lot of times it's people hating on you. Mm-hmm. But sometimes two people are telling you that because they care for you and they don't want to see you get hurt. And yeah. you know, it's positive, even though it might be misguided, it's positive. Mm-hmm. And um, But you just got to do what feels right with you as long as you're able to live with the consequence. I I put this music out and I had to live with the consequence of, yeah. I could be I could be a joke to somebody. It could be a laughing stock. And, and I'm, I'm sure it is to some. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it's serious to me. And I know yeah. it's serious to others too. So instead of thinking about the negative that could happen, you just focus on the positive. As exactly. long as you can live with the result, then yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. Yeah, that's it. Like, like I said, it's inspiring. So it's kind of dope, though, that Mag Matter kind of, you know, reached out to you and said, like, hey, 
good thing you didn't listen to me. So that's yeah, pretty nah, that, pretty dope. But that was that was my boy for real. Yeah, like for real, for real, for real, for real. That was my guy. So you know, we we could tell each other when we're wrong or when we, you know, what I'm saying like we we were able to have those conversations. Our conversations were very real. Um, you know, I, and and I, and I get that from some artists like um, Wale reaches out a lot. Mm-hmm. And is supportive and, and will tell me like if he caught a bar or a concept or something, he's like, damn, oh shit. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Russ, you know, has reached out and That's dope. you know, just talked about, you know, you just see the growth of it. So it's it's good to hear from those guys. And then my regular friends in my friend circle. I got my best friend in the world, Lou. Yeah. You know, every song I drop, he think is the greatest song. <laughs> And I'm thankful for him too. Like I, yeah. I, I need him because yeah. <laughs> even when I might be like, yo, I don't think about, I don't think this shit is that good. He's like, nah, this shit is fire, bro. Da, 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 da. And, yeah. But you got to be able to weigh it. You got to be able to yeah. take the good and the bad. And and you know, I see some hateful shit too. And 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 I see critiques sometimes. And some yeah. of those critiques are valid. Like I've seen valid critiques that I was like, mm, alright, I'm gonna go back and work on that. Yeah. And like, not everything is hate. Yeah. Um. And to shift it a little bit, because um, podcast is like hip hop and horror. So when I kind of move on to like the, the horror side of it, um, is there any like uh, horror movies that you've watched that you liked like lately or anything like that? I know you're like a big fan of The Exorcist from the last interview yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything that you've watched or anything that you can think of? I, I haven't really seen. I'm trying to think. Not really. I, I don't know that I've seen like good horror movies lately. Um. Exorcist is hands down my favorite like yeah. horror movie ever. Um, what's come out recently? Mm, let me. I'm trying to think. Like, there's a lot of like underground ones, but there's one that came out with uh, Janelle Monae, which I was kind of uh, I didn't like it I actually. I didn't see it yet. Yeah, it it's not yet. worth it. <laughs> okay. I love her, was, but was, I, it, was it Antebellum? Was it Antebellum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, the the one actually actually pretty good. It was on Shutter. It's like the streaming platform for horror movies. Um, mm. It's called Host, and it's okay. like uh, it's on. It takes place on Zoom, which is pretty cool, and it's post pandemic. Um, oh. So it's pretty dope. There's like these girls are just like having a Zoom meeting because they can't leave their house, and they have like a a seance and they summon like some demon. And I I'm not a big fan of like you know like uh, kind of like Blair Witch type of movies. Like right. video, found footage, stuff like that. But it was actually pretty good. It was like the number one horror movie. So I recommend that one. It's called Host. I'm gonna um, have to check that out. That one's a good yeah. one. Um, and then I, I do have I have an idea for a horror movie too. I yeah, I get that off. Oh yeah, yeah. I have a I have a few too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and talking about that, actually, um, I wanted to ask you. I don't know if you heard about the new deal with uh with Fifty Cent and Eli Roth uh, to make uh, horror movies. No, uh, I didn't. Yeah, so it's kind of cool, like you know, hip hop blending with with the hit uh, with the horror culture. So yeah. supposedly they signed on a, de- a deal to like do a few movies or something like that. So we'll see. Yeah, what... I'd be interested. I, I'd I'd like to see um, what a Fifty Cent horror movie looks like. I, I'm a big fan yeah. of Power. Um, you know, it's like a damn soap opera that show. Like I, <laughs> I love Power, and um, I'm interested to see what he's doing with the DMF series. It would be dope to see like what what horror looks like through his lens, and then obviously like Eli Roth is a is a legend. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even um, I think I had heard it was like two years ago. I think I don't know whatever happened, but um, Wu Tang. I think it was RZA. Um, mm-hmm. 
was working on something it was called like angel dust or or something like that it was going to be about like having to i don't know like the like with drugs or anything like that but it was like a on the horror side so i don't know what happened with that but i was looking forward to that and never dropped so we'll see what happens um do you do you believe in like the supernatural or anything like that have you ever had any um experiences that you can share yeah i think i mean i don't know um I believe in that shit, man. I think the reason why the exorcist was so scary to me is because I believe that shit could happen. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, you know, um, I'm Catholic, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So it's very kind of close to what it is. I mean, you know, the stories that I've heard from my grandmother, um, you know, my mom, who, my mom is very spiritual. Um, you know, I would say that. Yeah. But like, I don't believe it's out of the realm of possibility i you know and my father my father is actually atheist so we never kind of related on that level but i remember um one time growing up i saw like a ghost or spirit Mm -hmm. and i was up and the you know i was it was late and i was up about three o'clock in the morning or something Mm -hmm. and i saw it and it kind of like freaked me out, but it wasn't also, it wasn't scary. It wasn't like mm-hmm. anything evil. Like it was calming, but you know, it freaked me out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I tell my father, my father doesn't believe me. You know, and yeah. I'm, I'm grown at this time. I'm like 14, 15. Like I'm not like a little scared kid. Yeah. Um. And when I told my mother and she was like, well, what did you see? And I described it to her and, mm-hmm. She believed me. She was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. Like, da, da, da. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, like a little bit. I, I don't I don't let it run my like life or anything like that. Like, I'm not afraid of anything or. Yeah. But um, I believe in it. I believe it's possible. I believe that there's people on um, who are more susceptible. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And, and, and being and being kind of visited or, or touched. Mm-hmm. in that way so yeah yeah i agree yeah i think i yeah i met people that have like i don't know if you call it like a gift or whatever it is but like mm-hmm. that are more uh you said susceptible to like seeing stuff like that from the other realm um yeah. what's like what's your greatest like fear and do you think you'll ever overcome it no nah, i mean my greatest fear at this point is just um is my kids just anything you know pertaining to my kids not being yeah. able to um help them through or you know have them go through some horrific thing i i don't really fear for anything of myself it's just, it's just more you know what i'm saying yeah related to my kids and making sure that they're living right and, um that no harm comes of them That's yeah probably like my biggest um and that probably a fair heights like maybe if yeah. you were looking for an answer that deep yeah. it might be like fair heights <laughs> Uh, and what advice would you give, um, you know, to people who are kind of like jack of all trades like yourself, like to encourage them, what would be some, some advice you can give? Just don't limit yourself. Like you gotta, you gotta block everything out. Even, even the goals, even the, you gotta like live in the process. Like I think a lot of people attach themselves to goals. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be, I'm going to be an artist and I'm going to, get a platinum plaque and if I don't get it if I don't ever get a platinum plaque I'm a failure okay so your whole 
success is dependent <laughs> on that. That sure, that's a measure of success and a measure of financial success. But you know, for me, I, I've learned to love the process and detach myself from the goals. So yeah, I gotta love a song, and then I'll put it out, and everything else is the bonus after that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, to me, the gift, the success is, is doing it. The success for me is I did it. And it's out there. Everything else now is a bonus, you know. Um, and you know, I'm also in a different position because, um, money-wise, I'm doing all right because you know I had a pretty good career <laughs> yeah. in journalism that takes care of me. So, you know, there's some people who actually need the financial side of it, yeah, to survive, and I get that. But I also, I don't need ten Lamborghinis and three mansions, and you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah. So, you know, for, for somebody that's a jack of all trades, I, I would just say, or any creative, just divorce yourself from the, from the goal, from like the, the trophy, the end product or it. yeah. Yeah. Like live in the creative moment and then whatever's going to happen, is going to happen. Like, and hopefully you can get a team. Like it would be dope to be a creative, to be a creative and let marketing yeah. people decide how to market and you know, stuff like that. Dope, man. Thank you. Um, and before we get out of here, um, one thing obviously you talk about a lot is like, you know, giving people the roses while they, while they could still smell them. Um, I thought it was the dope moment when you uh, interviewed Big Sean last year. Um, and he like, you know, thanked you for everything uh, that you do, you know, for the culture. Um, so I wanted to do same thing. Obviously, thank you for, for everything. Uh, not only are you like a dope, like hip hop journalist, but you're like really down to earth. Like you didn't have to do this. You know, I'm just like an underground podcaster, blogger, whatever you want to call me. But um, it really does mean a lot. So I want to thank you. I appreciate you. The culture appreciates you. Um, the creatives do see you. Um, and yeah, I just like appreciate you having the time to sit down here with me. Keep doing your thing like as a, as a rapper, as a journalist, like keep inspiring with your words, your music and your future endeavors. Thank you, man. Nah, thank you. That 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 means a lot. I appreciate it, and and you know, there's a lot of similarities between us. And I was glad to do this one because you've shown me so much love when you didn't have to. There's a, there's a thousand artists you could listen to and post on your Instagram and reach out to and yeah. ask for interviews. Like it didn't just have to be me. So I wanted to support you in the, in the same way. And I feel like we're not that different. Like we might be at different points in our journey. I yeah. may be fur more further along than you in my journey. And maybe it's because I started before you or mm -hmm. whatever, right? But the essence of what makes us, especially when we talk about hip hop, I believe it's communal. So the, the essence yeah. of what makes us, us is, is the shared community. And same thing with me and Sean, like Sean just may be further along in his journey, but I, we're not different. Yeah, we're all connected by this thing that we love, and, and as exactly eating this thing that we love is going to continue to grow, and we all can benefit from it. So, I, I appreciate those words; they they mean a lot because to me, again, I, I don't know if I ever get the trophies, and I'm cool with it. Um, what means more to me is this. Yeah, no man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, again, look forward to seeing your project drop. Hopefully um, you have another project next year or something. I don't know. Um, we yeah. can have you back on. You're always welcome to come back here. Uh, but yeah, any like shout outs you want to give out to anybody before you like get out and then um, social media and everything so people can follow you. 
Yeah, man. I, I just want to shout out to everybody that's been supporting um, the music. Again, there's a million artists you can listen to. So if you take my time, t- time to stream it only once, yeah. it means a lot to me. And, you know, I work with a mostly by myself, but just Devious Minds, St. Pat Beats, just anybody who, who contributed, you know, to, to any of the songs that I do. Um, Knock, DJ Money, MK, um, Burns Beats. I feel like I'm missing one more. You say Devious, I think? Or? Devious, absolutely yeah. Devious. If I miss you, I'm sorry. And, and across my man Drew at the brewery, um, all the MCs that you see featured on my shit. Um, you know, I appreciate y'all. And, you know, just anybody who's listening, if you haven't listened, man, check it out, man. At Raw Markman on every single social media platform. Um, you can search my name on Spotify, on Twitter, <laughs> on Tidal, on YouTube. The music could come up. And, you know, I hope you enjoy it. All right, man. Thank you again. Uh, take care. And right. we'll, we'll talk soon, man. Okay, peace. Peace. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. This was uh, season three, episode one. Again, we had Rob Markman, so go follow him on social media. Uh, listen to his music. Really dope. Uh, very inspiring dude. So, yeah, thank you guys, and uh, have a great rest of your day. Peace.